One of my very best friends and my brother who is here. We've been announcing it. We've been sharing it. We've been telling y'all about it. And it is finally here. The debut of my brother, my permanent living room comrade, Brian Hare, is in the building. What's going on, man? Man, I'm just here. I'm glad to be here. You know, it's always a great day to be black. Even though we're in America, it's an amazing day to be. Every it's, time I wake up, like God, you did it again. I'm you black did it again, again Lord. I'm, I'm black. I'm still here. I'm still here. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm I'm glad to be here, man. I'm happy. Uh, even with all that's going on, man, I'm here. I'm glad to be an official uh, member of the Jigsaw uh, podcast, uh, and definitely work with my brother. So I'm I'm happy about that. Um, how are you doing though, for real? I'm doing okay. I am. It has been a um. It's been interesting popping back from the holidays. Mm-hmm. I would think because we're in quarantine, like it'll go almost go back to like it's this kind of monotonous kind of thing. But uh, as you know, our good brother Chris came in town, Amen. and I think being able to like hang out a little bit and go mm-hmm. out and things like that kind of made it feel like a real holiday weekend. Right, right, right. So going back into the routine of things was like. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did. and do I to still be here? Do I got to show up for this? Yeah. Mm-hmm, it was, uh, mm-hmm. it was Even though I'm quarantined, I got to show up. Yeah. But other than that, like it sounds like you know you you're struggling in, in, the, in the vocal uh, area. You know, I woke up this morning <laughs> sounding like Dorinda Clark Cole or Bishop Blake or somebody, Blake. and I don't I don't know what's going on. And even before we started recording, it was like Barry White, and I think my excitement shifted it. <laughs> <laughs> to this i don't i don't i don't know but we're gonna roll with it i ain't got no rona so i don't know what so i don't know what this is lucy a devil come on what throat. this is jesus christ throat. uh but let's 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 officially <laughs> introduce the podcast <laughs> this is the jigsaw podcast yes. where we talk about the perils the praises the productivity and the pumping circumstance of being a real life millennial shoot a real life black person in yes. america and that is the ghetto the, the ghetto. <laughs> it is the ghetto. I do not recommend. <laughs> we do. We highly. We highly do not recommend. Do not recommend. We highly do not recommend. But for any of y'all who is listening, my OG, the OG Jigsaw listeners, um, Brian is here. But the show is pretty much going to stay the same. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be better though because we got a brand new hey. perspective. We got, you know, what I'm saying his voice and his ideas. Um, but you know, but you can expect some of the same format but and speaking of that we're going to keep it rolling and go directly into one of our favorite segments where we represent all things black in the blessed report let's do it all right uh bless up report let's talk about shay Moisture. So what they're doing is they're going to be launching a social justice coalition. Mm. And I'm glad to announce that they are going to be giving $100,000. They're developing a fund for black women, social entrepreneurs and activists. So that's, oh, dope. that's dope. We need, uh, we got to protect our black women. But we also need to support our black women. And how do we do that with our dollars? And it's legit because they have Tamika Mallory, who we all know is a social ju- justice advocate, mm-hmm. a great voice. 
um, in our culture, in our in our in our in our body, in our black culture. So I'm glad that they're gonna be doing this. Uh, I think it's gonna help out a lot of people. Uh, giving a couple uh, twenty thousand dollars here in the U.S. and also in some other places as well. So uh, bless up, shout out to Shea Moisture, who's always been taking care of our ladies, um, but they're also putting their money where their mouth is and doing something great in the community and continue to do things to change the world that we live in as black people. So shout out to them. Bless up to Shea Moisture. Bless up. That is what's up. And we're going to head right into our pop culture segment that we like to call the billboard. Um, this week, we saw that Netflix, you know, Netflix has been doing a whole lot of black promoting yes. and recognizing and amplifying black voices. And we love to see it. And it. one of the things that they did, um, we saw that they gave Mara Brock Akil has gotten this new creative deal with Netflix. Mm -hmm. And if you're not familiar, she is the mastermind behind Girlfriends yes. and a lot of other our favorite black television shows. And um, what her deals consist of is her creating new stuff for Netflix. So not just reprising her old shows. Um what would you want what kind of show would you want to see from Mara Brian? Um well she already does it. She does black shows. Um, she does black <laughs> she shows. She does black shows. Um I, I would actually like to see a male version of Girlfriends. Does okay. That makes any sense? It makes some sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've ever have we seen anything like that? Like a male version I think Black we've had a couple version. like move like brothers with um Shamar Moore and them like yeah, movies, no, but you. never uh -huh. the, wood, the wood. We've never had like shows. Yeah, I think that would be cool to kind of develop, develop some of the nuances or kind of show some of the nuances of being a black man. Yeah, I mean, especially in 2020 and how to navigate some of the things that we go through, um, and just all the kind of stuff that we have to deal with um, that we'll be talking about later on. I'm, I'm sure in the living room, uh, but I think I think something that we need to see black men. Um, with different attitudes, personalities on a show. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that black man. Yeah, and I think one thing I want to see is the girlfriends movie because if any like I don't talk about girlfriends. I've y'all have heard me talk about living single. You've heard world. me talk about a different world, but girlfriends is like number three. It is right there it's for me. It is a show. A show. A show. Um, and I just love their dynamic. But anybody who was a fan of it, but like when you when the writers went on strike, I think with the CW and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, the game shifted to BET but mm -hmm. girlfriends just kind of ended right. and we all know that it ended with Joan finally getting proposed mm -hmm. with um, Tony moving away mm -hmm. and her and Joan not necessarily reconciling their friendship so I think we need some closure we do they left us out there we really <laughs> want to know what happened yeah um, and even though I think they had an interview recently but I want to know the story behind yes what happened after they and mara the said on the breakfast club on in one interview that the script is actually written she yes. was just waiting on funding and stuff like that so i'm hoping Netflix. that this deal right includes her and i think the women of girlfriends are hip to it too because they did a breakfast club interview yep. after yep. they did like the kind of return on um blackish mm -hmm. when they kind of reprised a similar role yes. on blackish and they kind of talked about how they would do it and do it for the course so it seems like everybody's in william dent needs to lose some weight he does. And he's he's the man of god looks terrible <laughs> <laughs> he needs some fat tumper, flat tummy tea what are y'all <laughs> drinking these days some of that herb, some of that herbal <laughs> stuff <laughs> going fast <laughs> oh man but i'm super excited about that because i love her work i actually love the show love is that was on oh, home yes but like show. her and her husband had this thing oh, and child. yeah so i just don't we don't <laughs> i don't know if ever getting that back but she has a proven track record of amazing stuff so we, we we love to see it um one of our 
favorite family to hate is actually ending their God. reign on television. Yes. Keeping up with the Kardashians, we'll, we will be keeping up with them no more. God did it again. He did. <laughs> yeah. God did it again. He did it again. <laughs> You know, I, doing wonderful things. I am no one to ever cape for any of the Kardashians. I think they have been absolutely terrible for culture yes. and how they are one of the biggest appropriators of black culture. Yes. So I, I think that this was like, it couldn't have come soon enough. Like, right. <laughs> if we're being honest, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And this may be one of the few times we actually ever talk about the Kardashians in any detail, but I thought that was worth noting. That's something we can celebrate in Ooh. black culture that we no longer have to deal with Thank them. you, Jesus. <laughs> on an updated basis uh, on our timelines. And a little bit of trash in our billboard. Um, your president mm-hmm. has been... <laughs> Don't belong to me. I didn't, I, I didn't vote for I, for that man. I didn't vote for President Sunkist. I didn't do it. Um, but it has been noted that he has been nominated to be the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize winner. So I'm just trying to figure out what in the disrespect to MLK and all of the other <laughs> amazing people like that this committee decided that he just like and then it's the Nobel Peace Prize. He has caused so much dysfunction. So much. And disruption. Like nothing about his administration has been peaceful. Nothing. Not not one moment. So, like, he is literally the antithesis of what the Nobel Peace Prize stands for. Right. And the fact that they, like, and, you know, I feel like there's never a bad time to talk about systematic racism. And I feel like this nomination <laughs> is, like, a prime example in the ways in which white people will cape for each other just to possibly kind of not see one of their own torn down because he's been a terrible president and terrible i think the president. history books are going to reflect that mm-hmm. so this right here will kind of be that thing that kind of um i don't know combats that narrative about him being so bad but i don't this this is a terrible recommendation at all i think it's it's really bad because he's just a terrible person but if he's the one that says when the looting starts the shooting starts so how and he quoted one of the most <laughs> racist governors ever from like <laughs> how? How? how right like i don't i don't get it i don't like it i don't like it i don't like it but that's enough because like we said we got um quite a bit of things to talk about yes. in the living room so you ready to have some living room conversation Brian? i'm ready Let's i'm ready but before we go to the living room okay okay go get you some tea go get <laughs> some honey <laughs> and some lemon juice <laughs> some lemon juice put something around that throat of yours and bring that thing back into submission because you Sound a mess, brother. <laughs> we we gonna see what happens, but y'all grab y'all snacks, grab y'all drinks. We gonna all head to the living room. Let's do it. Let's go. What's going on, y'all? And welcome to the living room. This is super exciting. As you already know, this is not an episode where it's just me anymore. My boy Brian is here, and we've all, we hey. already covered that. But we're going to get straight into it. We got some super, super special guests. I don't know how special they are. They've been here before. Uh, <laughs> but they are they are back in the living room. So, Brian, introduce our people. Let them know who's here with us. Well, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but I want to definitely say that these are some dope brothers. Um, I'm glad to be on this side of the uh, of the. Um, the you on the other side, Reverend. Uh, you on the right. you on the you on the main couch with me. You got off the love seat. <laughs> <I'm> on- <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm on this side. Uh, but these are some, definitely some great brothers, some black men. Uh, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Start with Marcus, introduce yourself, and then follow that by Chris. Hey, what's going on, man? Great to be back on this wonderful podcast again. My name is Marcus Thomas, uh, checking in from uh -huh. Greensboro, North Crack, uh, where the legend Petey Pablo is from. No, well, he's from Charlotte, but you, you get it. Mm -hmm. I'm Chris Moore, um, a.k.a. Light Skin Honcho. Light Skin Honcho. Listen, you already know, born and raised in the A, currently residing in Memphis, Tennessee. I am a husband. Let me make sure I say that again. I am Please a husband. Yes. <laughs> make it, uh, make yeah. it, like, make it. <laughs> me too, me too. One me day too. a father. <laughs> um, I'm glad to be in the living room. Today you can call me uh, Rick James because I'm coming in and I'm messing up the couch. I'm kicking up my couch. shoes. <laughs> Get y'all couch. They should have never gave y'all niggas a co-host. <laughs> but let me tell you this. If you're going to be Rick James, we are, we are moving the coffee table out because there will no be no lines done no in, this virtual, in this virtual living room. No booger sugar. <laughs> no booger sugar. We don't want, ain't no white girl. <laughs> ain't, ain't no, no pixie sticks. <laughs> ain't no pixie sticks. <laughs> ain't no pixie sticks. <laughs> this is gonna be that kind of podcast. That okay. kind of podcast. Well, we going right. there tonight. We going there tonight. It's kind of like low key group chat type conversation. So, you know, might as well go there. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna start off with the, with a nice little, you know, soft question to get us more, you know, serious and uh, come on, not quiet, so there. Joyce, Joyce, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> Nah, you know his voice gotta be so, like about uh, ten, ten times deeper than that to be choice to tell. Ouch. So, um, what's going on, brothers? Uh, the question is gonna be, what does brotherhood mean to y'all? Oh, you on your R and B? <laughs> My R and B. All right, but what does what does brotherhood mean to y'all? Man, for me, uh, for me, it's loyalty, it's accountability, um, it's encouragement, um, and it's honestly, it's just really that safe space. That's uh, one mm -hmm. of the great things I'm grateful for about our group chat, man. It's a safe space to where I can come in there and, you know, share my frustrations or just share some random thoughts that might be on my head that I may not feel comfortable sharing with anybody else. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you guys have held me accountable with, you know, some situations I've been dealing with in life and, you know, we've done it for each other. Uh, so that's what brotherhood is, you know, to me, it's just, you know, that, ext that, that extension of, of family, you know. I have my my biological mm -hmm. brothers, but I also have my my brothers, you know, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, that's what it is to me. Chris, I'm definitely gonna piggyback off of that. Um, I'm I'm gonna take it a, a step further. I would say brotherhood is a lifeline for me. Um, mm -hmm. It's been my go-to when I just need that clarity of thought, mm -hmm. when I need that advice, when I need that push. Uh, when I know I can go to somebody or a group of guys that's like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about mm -hmm. and, and not no judgment, no trust, you and know, not be guaranteed a yes. Mm -hmm. There's no right. yes man in our group. There's mm -hmm. not going to be anybody who, yeah, there's not going to be anybody that's just going to go with the, the go with whatever you say, because at the end of the day, if it's wrong, <laughs> we gonna let you know it's wrong. Right. And um, that's <laughs> what I appreciate about the brotherhood. That's that's what brotherhood has been to me. It's been an, it's been a lifeline, and yeah. And you and you're the only light skinned one in the group, so you're probably wrong the most. If we're gonna be honest, wrong. we gotta pull you in the most because you got it's some debauch tendencies that probably pop up in the group chat. Man, I I go on tangents, I go on rants, I be thinking I'm right. 
but I just be wrong. Drake in your feelings. Jesus <laughs> probably the most deep. And it's okay. It's, probably the most, it's okay to be in your feelings. It's probably the most, it is okay. It's probably the most petty right. one, too. And, right. Oh, Where? yeah. I, I'm definitely... I'm definitely up there with one of the shadiest. I think Josh got me on the shade. Josh is definitely the shadiest. Chris is the pettiest. Chris is petty. Yeah, petty I, I would agree. Josh was the shadiest. Yeah. No. Yeah. You gonna call me shady? You want you call me <laughs> shady? <laughs> the shadiest. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. But but um, let's go here though. Like I think our brotherhood mm-hmm. is. I don't want to say like perfect or anything like that but i do think that we tend to be trendsetters almost mm-hmm. um because marcus said on a few things about us being holding each other accountable and being able to be vulnerable really right because i think all of us have kind of brought really personal stuff to the group chat kind of exposed ourselves in ways and don't necessarily right, always right, expect right. to be right right, right, to, right to chris's right. point um we're welcome to be wrong welcome to be corrected so i, I guess like not just with us four but just in general what are some of the ways in which made you more open to be vulnerable and, and transparent among other men? So, so let me go back. Let me, let me touch, let me say something I probably should have said. I said this to my wife recently. Um, I -hmm. said to her publicly, but I'm going to say it to you guys publicly that I appreciate you guys because, you know, you guys already had this nucleus prior to me even coming in this group, you know, from, Coming up, coming up together in church and things of that nature mm-hmm. and kind of Chris, mm-hmm. you know, brought me in to actually introduce me to the both of you, Brian and Josh, and the way that you guys just accepted me and made me feel like one of the guys. So it's like, even, you know, you guys may have your inside jokes when you were, you know, coming up, you know, in church, whatever. And like, I don't ever feel like an outsider, you know, I'm a laugh and go along with it. I may ask what the heck is going on, but you guys don't <laughs> make me feel like, an outsider. So to answer your question, Josh, that's what makes me feel comfortable uh, with opening up with you guys, because, you know, you guys have brought me in. I know your wives, you know, I know your kids and I know, you know, your, your backstory, your history. So things like that makes it easier for me to open up and be vulnerable uh, about what it is that I may be dealing with. Okay. And for me, it's just been, if I don't talk to my wife, there's a lot of options out there that I don't want to go down. Yeah. Shouts out to John Gray. We're praying for you, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, bless him, praying Lord. That, praying that you get through this season. Uh, get some help, brother. Um, but that's the thing. <laughs> like, man of God. <laughs> he went down the road. He didn't, have, he didn't have a brotherhood. Bring it back in, Chris. Bring it back, bring bring it back, back in, Chris. <laughs> Real the Damascus in. roll. Get on Chevy Drive. Bring it back really in. Back I got to protect my political connects. I can't say nothing. <laughs> I feel that if he had a brotherhood, he would not have the opinion stated in this moment are not the reflection of the Jigsaw podcast. These opinions are only of Chris Moore. <laughs> They're only of Chris for you, brother John Gray. <laughs> they do not reflect the views of the Jigsaw podcast or the host of the or the co-host. Um, <laughs> no, these are all, all Chris Moore's opinions. <laughs> Light skin control. Bring it on me, okay? All right. Um, but I really think that the brotherhood. Um, is account it just holds you accountable and what made me more vulnerable was just understanding that as a man if i don't get these feelings or thoughts out with my yeah. brothers mm-hmm. then there there's a potential situation where i could find myself investing healthy relationship and it's just going to be a strain by marriage and 
that's what I was that's what made me open up. And then I just knew that I could trust y'all. Mm-hmm. I knew that I could just say what I wanted. That's what's up, Chris. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you 100% because it could provide a level of discord among um, your wife if you're feeling some type of way mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily have those outlets to um, to be vulnerable and to talk that through. Anything you want to add to that, Brian? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Marcus said something about this earlier. And uh, Chris says some. Chris says always says all the time. Uh, we we in the trust tree? Are we in we in the trust tree? Last time we was uh, in the trust tree, we started talking about Crown <laughs> Peach <laughs> 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 and being alcoholic. <laughs> um, that ain't but, the um, last conversation I can recall. But <laughs> tip, tap, tap dancing on heaven. Um, uh, I think the thing is, is is really just having a safe space, right? Yeah. Um, as men, and I, it, as I think we are, as far as trends are a little bit different, where we do create a safe space for you know, black men. We tell each other we love each other. Uh, we are authentic with one another. So I think the um, creating the safe space is important to where you can say anything in the group chat, say anything uh, to each other, um, yeah. and it's going to stay in the safe space, right? So it doesn't go anywhere else. It doesn't go outside of that space. Um, and then, you know, we may like join you a little bit about depending on what you say, You're but right. it's, it's, it's in love. It's not really going to be in some like animosity type stuff, which I think uh, it's just good for brothers to have that space um, in general. So since, since we're in the trust tree, I'm, I'm going to get on you real quick, Brian. Okay. You definitely just showed your age when you said John. You definitely just got uh, into your old man. Oh. Baby said, <laughs> what, what are the kids calling these days? Roasting? say roasting? People say roast. Now, now, Chris, you can't call me up for age and then don't know what the, what the children are saying. <laughs> I got, got Jonah from Chris. Chris taught me about Jonah when I came to Atlanta. Hey, hey Chris, <laughs> Chris, it's all about comedic timing, man. Your Wi Fi acting up, man. Your jokes ain't hitting, man. Man, ain't it? <laughs> I, I've been on the down street lately, though. My jokes weren't hitting this past weekend. I don't know what that. happened. Yeah, so so let's, let's pause for the calls right there because the man of God was telling the joke in person. <laughs> and we was all just looking. He kept, he was waiting for that comedic relief, <laughs> and he had to awkwardly say, "I'm trying to get these jokes off," but and I was like, "They ain't hitting, fam. They, they ain't hitting. They, they ain't hitting." It's all about comedic timing, man. Comedic timing. Oh, but no, that's 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 super super true. And I think, well, why is it though? Let me just go there. Why is it? Do you think that men have a hard time being vulnerable. Like sometimes even with brothers that they've been friends with 15, mm-hmm. 20 some years, right? They still sometimes don't seem to break that barrier or push past the certain, all they can't talk about is titties and booties, right? Like, but right. They, don't, they don't ever get mm-hmm. past the barriers of mm-hmm. sexuality. So like, why do you think that that, that, that barrier is there? It's the male ego. It's the, yeah. it's the male ego. Like we have to uh, present ourselves as these strong tall big you know humans who are unbreakable invisible mm-hmm. teflon dons and that nothing affects us but when the reality you know we go through our own stuff too and that um you know that's why i think it's important for men to be to be vulnerable i think it's important for men to go to therapy um you know i think it's important for men just to open up and uh, i mean I've, I've had my own issues with opening up as well so uh I think mm-hmm. it's definitely needed. It's, it's definitely important because at the end of the day, uh, we need to get that out because if we don't release it verbally, we're going to release it, you know, in some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. Um, I tend to think um, about superheroes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, even Superman had to take off his 
uniform and he became Clark Clint, Clark Kent. My, my apologies. Um, even Batman, when he took off the uniform, he became Bruce Wayne and we could see the vulnerabilities. We could see their idiosyncrasies, who they are as people. So I believe that when you're able to identify that I don't have to be this all the time. Yeah. I can actually be who I am. That's when we get to the who you are. You get to who you are. That's when you become comfortable and secure in knowing that if I say this, that, or the other, it doesn't make me any less than who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think I, what it sounds like is authenticity. The uh, need for us men to be authentic uh, and to just kind of embrace who we are as people, as flawed individuals, as sometimes weak individuals, um, sometimes that we just, you know, uh, have things that we're going through. And I saw this meme that was on uh, Instagram that said, black men going, I'm good ourselves to death, right? So what is it, what is it that we're going through? Why, does you, why do you all feel like, you know, even if we're not good, we're going to say, we're good. Like, what, is that, what does that mean to y'all? What does that feel to y'all? Because weakness is often looked at, because showing vulnerability is often as a weakness. Mm-hmm. And that's just society. We need to normalize that it's okay to have a weakness. There's no such thing as a perfect person. Right. There's always right. going to be something that you can work on. There's always going to be something that you just fall short of. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that, yeah, this is my shortcoming, but I can work on it. You don't have to be stuck in this hey, I'm strong. I'm all this. I'm Mm -hmm. all that. Because at the end of the day, that's going to be your detriment. That's going to make, that's going to be your downfall. Thinking that you are up here while not recognizing that it's actually a weakness. Mm So I I, I think a lot of times, sometimes men's weaknesses have been used against them, whether it's in, in arguments or conversations in in different relationships that they may have been in or, or, you know, or, or, you know, weaknesses, you know, have been, uh, used against them uh, with, you know, friendships with, with different guys. So, like, they may feel like, oh, I can't show you this area of my life one weekend because you're going to try to attack that and you're going to try to attack me. Yeah. And and within that, they put up this barrier, this wall, to where um, they make sure that the next person can't get to them in this particular way. Uh, so that's why I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, men, you know, don't show that level of vulnerability because they don't want to come off or be perceived as being a weak man. Because, you know, unfortunately, you know, and I've been in relationships like this where, you know, I've, you know, I've tried to be vulnerable and I've been told, you know, oh, you're just weak. And then at that point, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm just going to shut it down. I'm going to comp- comp- compartmentalize what I'm feeling and move on. And you but know the gag what? Is, that- I'm strong for telling you this. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. That's good. That's a good point. And I think to add to that, Marcus, I think a lot of times we react that way because we've been socially conditioned to act that way. Mm-hmm. When we're children and we fall and hurt ourselves, right? Quit all the crime. Mm-hmm. You know, you a punk. Like, nigga, I just fail and bust my kneecap. What do you want? What do you want? It's real blood, right? You know, what you don't like, see this white meat, right? Like my son, my oldest son, just recently fractured his elbow, uh, because he was being a nine-year-old. He jumped off the top of our patio and that foot slipped. <laughs> And he hurt his arm. And when he came to the house screaming, like, I didn't tell him to be quiet. Like, he has a fractured arm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, you're not a punk for expressing pain. But I think so many times 
we're penalized even as children, mm-hmm. as men, right? Young boys, like you, you should not be crying. You should not be doing this. You should not feel emotions. And one thing that I love what Ash and I are doing with our boys is that we're raising pretty y'all. I mean, especially, you know, Brian and Chris, y'all have been around Josh and Jaden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that they're emotionally intelligent right. <laughs> children. They will say like, I don't want to do that. Or I feel this way about something, you know, and my response as a parent may be whatever, but we're raising them to be children, to be able to express themselves. And I think so many times in our generation, we have to unlearn that it is bad to be emotional or that it is bad to um, have these feelings and these emotions. Like I can be sad. I can be happy. I can be joyful. I can be mad. I can be all these things and still be a hundred percent man, still right. be, you know what I'm saying? you know, masculine presenting or whatever that, you know, whatever that means for you right. and still have all of the feels and all of the emotion. I agree. I definitely think about um, Kevin Hart just posted, not Kevin Hart, but Kevin on stage. He just posted his son talking about why do y'all want me to take pictures and fake like I'm happy? I'm not really happy. I thought it was know. like, I was like, okay, that, that's, that's true. We put, we, I think we oftentimes, um, and I think we talk about this as far as men, uh, masculinity, um, but just wearing of the different hats like the men have to wear. Um, we're all husbands at this point on this podcast. Um, three, three out of the four of us are fathers. Chris is going to be a father hopefully soon. Um, we all have, you know, some type of uh, some business or job or endeavors that we have to deal with. So we have to wear all these different hats. Uh, and it feels like we are always trying to put on um, uh, and... and even when it seems like we are like at our worst, we have to act like we just like, oh, we great. You know what I'm saying? Um, we can't be sad. And uh, even when it comes to like my wife sometimes, I feel like I haven't been as vulnerable um, as I could be. Um, or And that could affect intimacy and not just in the terms of like sex, but as far as them getting close or allowing her to be close to me um, to where I want her to be. So I'm with kind of throwing that out there as, as everybody being a married man. How has that um, that wall or that shield um, uh, 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 affected or hindered or helped or in any way your marriage? How do you feel that that's affected that? Uh, it's definitely an area that I can get better in uh, with being intimate and being open and transparent uh, with my wife. It's actually some of the stuff I talk to my therapist about, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's just that trying to, you know, have being that, that, that superhero mechanism, you know, and just trying to, you know, be the strong person. Um, a lot of times it's not good and a lot of times it's caused uh, disagreements in the household um, because at the end of the day it's like you know she ain't tripping she just asking for me to be more open <laughs> and a lot of right. times as men we gotta get out of, get out of our own way uh, and realize you know you know what when you get down to the root of, of, the, of the issue like what it is that they're really asking of you and they're not asking to try to turn around and be malicious towards you. Um, they really mm-hmm. just ask them because they care, uh, one, about you as, as as their husband, but secondly, you know, they, they care about the marriage, care about the relationship. So it's definitely an area that, you know, I have acknowledged uh, that, you know, acknowledged privately with my wife, and so I'm also acknowledging publicly um, as, a, as a man um, that it's an area that I can continue to work on and get better in. I think it's definitely something for us that we experienced the first year of marriage just mm-hmm. because this is our first time living together and everything. So it's always like, 
why do you do this or why do you do that so that learning process was what it was for me um and for me i love just understanding people um my wife she's kind of like of more of why do you ask why, why are you asking all these questions it's to get to know you so you get to understand why you think right. the way you think and why and getting you to understand why i think the way i think I think one of our biggest things that we learned about each other is how to communicate. Um, she communicates things. Well, she did communicate things to how she perceives them. Mm -hmm. But I told her, you can't communicate that to me based on how you understand something. You have to communicate something to how I would understand it. Um, I think one of the best things ever, um, I believe it was the it was a Denzel movie. I can't remember which one it was, which one it was. But it was the one where he was always talking about made me understand it like I was a third grader. And that has, that stuck with me since I saw that movie. I always try to communicate with, not even just her, with just anybody. How can I communicate this to where even a third grader should understand? And I believe that has helped um, us in our intimate conversations and in our just overall relationship. And if I can piggyback off that, Chris, so like life kind of makes you sometimes, like experiences make you right. sometimes make you feel like, uh, I can't be vulnerable and I'll speak about my own situation. So like, you know, on the 22nd of this month, my wife and I'll be celebrating two years of, of marriage, but within that first year of marriage, you know, you know, guys, you know, but whoever may be listening, may not know, you know, we had a baby prematurely at 24 weeks and we were scared to death with really wondering, okay, is our child going to live? And so we were right. dealing with our own separate emotions um, and not really communicating those emotions to each other the best way that we could because we were scared. You know, we didn't know what was happening. And, you know, again, it, I, you know, I had to be, I felt like I had to be the tough man. I had to be the one that's strong because, you know, wife just gave birth, you know, at 24 weeks, she's going through her, you know, postpartum uh, issues and things of that nature. And so I had to be the strong one, I had to be the tough man. But realistically, like, I'm hurting inside but I just didn't know how to fully right. explain that to her. And that's dope too. Cause I remember, you know, that season and you were able to bring that to the group. Now, hopefully right. I, I hope that we were, you know, helpful. Oh, absolutely. Helpful. No, no, no cause, cause, cause you guys were, cause a lot of times what y'all don't know, like when I was hitting y'all in a group chat, like, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, I'm going through this, that, and the third, like I was literally sitting in the hospital room with my daughter. And a lot of times mm -hmm. it was 10, 11 mm -hmm. o'clock at night. And I'm just having a moment and, it, you know, and, you know, my, you know, and again, my wife and I, you know, not seeing out of eye going through our own emotions. And, you know, it, it was y'all to kind of help keep me up and keep me from not jumping off the ledge. Hmm. I, so uh, there's a few things I've been kind of noticing in the conversation. Uh, first was uh, accountability. The other one was uh, authenticity. Mm -hmm. And then I'm kind of hearing like accessibility. Um, how, you know, and now you kind of alluded to it, but um having brothers who are accessible, right. um, especially in those times, moments, seasons, um, where, like I think Chris said earlier, I may lose my mind. There's been times where I've had arguments or uh, have had situations, and I get on the phone, I call Josh, like, Josh, I am upset. <laughs> and I'd be this like, tell woman, me what happened. Tell me what this happened. woman here. here. <laughs> this woman of God here done said X, Y, Z, and blah, 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 and I'm going, I'm driving and upset, mm -hmm. um, and just having a brother be there um, and being accessible um, at random times, random places, 
um, to legit be like, you know what, let me stop what I'm doing uh, just to have or, or, or support my brother. Um, someone said that's also been important in my life. So I want to kind of throw that out to y'all. How important is accessibility uh, in brotherhood to you? I'm going to jump in first, though. Uh, I okay. think it's actually mad important, right? Because mm. although I don't expect you all to put your children, wives, or anything like that before, you know, me before them, but what I do, you know, love, though, is that if I put in there, hey, I need my brothers, it seems as if, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? In that moment, y'all come through. And mm -hmm. many times when we're texting about some of our most critical moments, it's in the middle of the day. So we're at work, mm -hmm. we're dealing with school, <laughs> we're dealing with all this True. kind of stuff. But it seems like at some point we can find pockets of time. There have been times I remember I was in my office and it was busy. I was in meetings. I was like, I looked at a text. I see that it come from, from I ain't going to say the name of our group, but I see that it come from <laughs> our group. <laughs> and I'm like, at first, I, and, you know, and, and to be honest, I'd be like, all right, I'm in this meeting. It can wait. But then, you know, as the meeting starts taking the dip, I open it and be like, oh. Mm, oh, all right. notifications. Okay, <laughs> let me let, let me get in here and drop some real, or at least or at least be able to tell you I'm in a meeting. Mm -hmm. Give me about twenty minutes, mm -hmm. and I think why I don't owe you that. That's super important because what I don't want what I don't want to ever happen is for you to feel like you needed me at your most critical moments. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Molly and Issa, um, oh. and I and I wasn't there for you. You know right. what I'm saying? You need, and then I feel like shaded. When you and I, when somebody else on the outside is getting is giving you the toast at your wedding or hyping you up in some other spot, when I'm like, well, I thought I was the best friend, I thought I was the brother, you know what I'm saying? Right. So being accessible is not more about me being selfish, but mm -hmm. also understanding that my brotherhood is a two way street, right. and when he needs me, if I can offer it in that moment, then I'm going to do whatever I got to do to mm -hmm. make myself available for that brother. I feel right. like accessibility is a prerequisite. You know, to to be, mm -hmm. you know, calling someone your brother, like you know, if it's really gonna be, you know, that 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 textbook definition of brotherhood, like that got to be a prerequisite right. because you know, it's been times where it's like, you know, somebody could throw something in the chat two or three o'clock in the morning, we all may be asleep, but at seven eight o'clock, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the trap gonna be jumping, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know that's just. And and we we do that whether it's through text or whether it's even through the the extension of our group chat on Instagram. Like you know, we, we make sure that we follow up. There's an extension mm -hmm. of our group chat on Instagram. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm. Maybe, I mean, but that's maybe that's maybe how you I'm, know it's no, real. No, maybe no. I'm missing something. <laughs> no, you. Can, that's how you know it's <laughs> real. If you can communicate to various people on various platforms, that's how you know it's real. Yes, because we can be in the group chat at one point mm -hmm. and be talking about something else totally different in the Instagram chat. Mm -hmm. That's neither here nor there, though. Um, got the whole, I believe, you got the holy chat and you got the wholesome chat. Depends on what day and, time. and it depends on what day either one is. <laughs> and it might be back to back. Like one moment we could be talking about something else. We could be prophesying. <laughs> prophesying. <And then, laughs> talking about what? <laughs> did you see? Did you see the old? Did you see the old about the gish? No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> holy oh. Doesn't do, He doesn't get that done to him. He does that to other people. Right, so we're not gonna put mm. that on my brother. Mm -mm. Now this is um, where brotherhood comes in. I cover me some OBJ. He's right. my best friend in my mind, and that <laughs> white woman is lying. That colonizer <laughs> is lying. That colonizer is lying. <laughs> Protect our black men. Protect them at all costs. And I think one of the best things, um, all of us have this trait. Our, our best ability is availability. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate being able to hit up somebody and be like, hey, 
I have a question. And within five to 10 minutes, there's going to be a response. So that availability helps out with those um, critical moments where you're ready to go off. Mm-hmm. But they also are critical or they're also all they are. They are also cool because it could just be a random question. Lately, mm-hmm. I've been seeing in the group chat. It's just been about music and verses. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely appreciated hearing all sides of the equations um, in regards to availability. Is You also have to have flexibility. It mm-hmm. just can't all be about one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, our group chat is very... <laughs> It's a myriad it is of things. It is diverse. We go from everything. We, we, if you want to write your old job description on diversity and inclusion, come look at our group chat. <laughs> Hello. We talk about everything. But you're right, Chris, too, especially in terms of like accountability, accessibility, flexibility. Um, and we talk about us not always being right. I, I, I have to kind of put it out there when you started to begin to express very candidly your thoughts around voting and the political mm. process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a policy major, right. as, a, as a public administrator and policy student, I'm like, there's no way the world I'm going to allow my friend to get <laughs> on this here network owned by Blue Ivy um, and then begin to talk about how the ways in which he's not involved and how national policies don't affect him. I was like, <laughs> There's the, I said Chico DeBarge, which you would not be doing. I, when I tell you, my Twitter fingers got the rolling. And, but that's what I. But and further, that's what I appreciate because I I came to y'all. I was like, correct me if I'm wrong. Light enlighten me, please, mm-hmm. because my whole stance was like, okay, I get I'm more of a local level person than I am mm-hmm. a national person. Mm-hmm. But then after our conversation, and I guess just to give context, uh, which is what I'm doing now, I was basically saying national like i get it i get the big picture i don't really care for it because it really doesn't affect me at the end of the day and then my brothers came to you know to uh the political defense (laughs) and was like giving me knowledge and insight on why i should care about national just as much as local so and again i came to them humbly that's the other thing you got to be you gotta be humble as a brother. Humble as the humble as the humble. saints would say. No because <laughs> humble. No eight because y'all got me together, and I didn't feel a type of way. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like oh, I felt the kind of way when you came to the chat with that. But I'm glad you didn't. Feel the <laughs> I didn't feel a way when y'all were telling me about anything yeah. because I was I was like I legit came to y'all. I was like, hey, let me know. Let me know. I, I, I agree. Getting wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get it. Um, I definitely get it. So, you, like I said, as in brotherhood, you got to be humble because there are going to be some things that could be said to you that you may feel a type of way about. Mm-hmm. But you just got to in and move on. At the end of the day, these are your brothers. These are your niggas. These are your homies. Right. These are people that's going to look out for you. Right, so, right. you know. Yeah. And I agree with that because it's the fact of like, um, I think sometimes people, uh, they've all got haters and somebody, anytime there's any type of criticism or correction, um, usually the first thing people want to say is, oh, you're a hater. Um, but then also we, you got to really look at where it's coming from. Like, do these people really care about me? Mm-hmm. Um, do they really want, uh, as a brother, do they really want what's best for me? Right. I think it, even in, as far as a brother, a real brother wants the best for you and is going to tell you what's the best for you, even if it doesn't feel good to you. Um, and I think that's what brotherhood really is and what it should be. is just right. being um, real 
Um, and, and, and saying what's best for you doesn't necessarily have to turn into an argument. You know what I'm saying? It's really just like a, this is what it is. Um, right. uh, and, and the thing I, I want to say about you, Chris, even, even in that situation, you did come up with like, I may not be right. I, I'm probably wrong. Right. Let y'all let me know mm-hmm. if I'm right or if I'm wrong and, and, and encourage me, educate me, um, which I thought was definitely dope. And I think we do in our group chat most of the time is the fact of like, we know we're not right. Right. In the moment we can feel that we're right. <laughs> right. In the moment we can feel that we're right. Um, in the um, moment. Because there's been times where I thought I was right about arguments with my wife and y'all niggas was like, uh, no. Let <laughs> me that way for me because y'all know how <laughs> bull headed and pig headed I am. <laughs> and, you know, and I remember there have been plenty of times, um, you know, current group chat and pre, you know, Chris and Brian have been like, Josh, nah. <laughs> Now, John, man, man of God, you are, I'd be like, you are a different case, and I'd be like, listen, I just had to, t- I just had to tell the woman of God A, B, and Z, <laughs> and they was like, but did you have to tell her like that? And I was like, well, listen, <laughs> that's how God dealt with me. But after I reflect, I come back and be like, you know what, y'all, y'all, y'all might have been right. I apologize to the woman of God, and we good now. <laughs> See, and, and, I, and I'll say, I don't think your brotherhood is real until one of your brothers done pissed you off too. Like, you know, we, we you, 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 you have to go through that. I mean, I'll say, I never told him this, but it was one time Josh pissed me off. Like, I was ready to box. <laughs> I was ready to box. See, to do that. Square up. So, you know, I like fighting. I, I, y'all know I was that. going through a situation, man, and I just came to the chat. I was like, man, y'all, listen, I need y'all to pray for me. Yada, yada, like, I remember. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm dealing with. And, you know, Josh sometimes, he can be very blunt. Josh was like, I was like, Josh was like man, I ain't praying for you. I ain't praying for you. I pray for like, you. <laughs> you. You just need to go and do X, Y, and Z, Bruh, I remember. I remember where I was at and everything. I was getting my car serviced. I was getting new tires put on my car at the time. So I was already mad that I had to buy four new tires. And, oh, you was about to roll down to Atlanta <laughs> on new tires, Bruh, I, I was. I was ready to come down there and just box the man of God. And I, I remember that because I remember reading and I remember Chris and Brian was like, I said, okay, that's cute. <laughs> But let me tell you what I'm not about to do. What I'm not about to be doing because this right here don't make sense to me. And I think even in those moments, why it may have been, you know, came off as blunt and hard. Because I remember also coming back and further explaining why. Because I, I felt it right based on your response. I felt it. But also as your brother in that moment, was that like I'm not, I'm going to pray for you. You know me, but I also want to be like Marcus. Like what I what I'm sensing you need to for real do mm-hmm. is A, B, and C. We can pray, but there needs to be some action items. Because yeah. if we're gonna really works. throw this spiritual thing on there, basically that works this day is so we can be believing God all we want to. But if you're not doing anything, you know what I'm saying? And as as and I don't, and again, I think that level of honesty, that level of bluntness comes with relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I could have right. been that with you with our relationship. I couldn't do that too, you know my frat brother that I've talked to five times. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I can do right. that with you. And I feel like y'all could do it with me. Like, you can call me to the carpet and say, Josh, what aren't you doing? Or why aren't you A, B, and C? And while we may be pissed and mad in the moment, you know what I'm saying? I think we, we've grown to a place like real brothers, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Where we can box it out, duke it out whatever what needs to happen and be cool <laughs> and be cool at the end of the Put day the because on. we want to, I want you to be your best self yeah. and you want me to be my best <laughs> self. And we're going to do what it takes to make sure that. And happens. I think it just goes back to that, that accountability piece because ultimately that's really what it was. It's just, you know, you, you hold, mm-hmm. you holding your brother accountable. It ain't real till you want to fight Josh Rogers, though. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, you just need five minutes. That's all. You just need five minutes. Just, just five know. minutes. Just square put his gloves It's been a few times I've been like, man, if I saw this nigga right now, <laughs> we'd be fighting. <laughs> and then as soon as we get done fighting, we'll be like, hey, let's go hang out somewhere. Right. Let's go get this we hug it out. Right. What this won't become, though, is <laughs> making me the toxic friend <laughs> on this here chat. But this is not what this won't become. Okay? No, we're not saying you're the toxic friend, but right. you are the blunt friend. You and it's even... like, oh, you're just going to hit me with this right now. Mm-hmm. Knowing we on 10, you're going to take us to 12. See, I, but, 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 but here's the thing, though, whether it comes from me or Brian or Chris or Marcus, what I do love, though, is that the toxic friend is the one who is just going to berate you, belittle mm-hmm. you, put you down, blah, blah, blah. But when you know it's coming from a place of love and authenticity, right. then mm-hmm. you're able to see later, like, you know what? That nigga was terrible in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to Chris's point as well, there have been moments where, like, after he's got real quiet, I come back and be like, you good? And I have to pick up that phone and we talk it out because I want you to hear my heart. Like in the mm-hmm. moment, I needed you to be daggered, but I also need you to hear my heart and to hear why. And for you to give me feedback and say, Josh, well, I didn't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And even in the moment, I could still be a butthole and be like, and that's fine that you didn't appreciate that. But what we going to do <laughs> is we're going to be better. Right. So I think holding each other accountable on, on both ends for you, for even for Marcus to say that and me not be offended. Right. Like I know that they're probably cut and hurt and hit hard you know and there were and there are ways in which i probably could have said what i said <laughs> differently and i accept and i own that but i also recognize that within this brotherhood that we're able to be there for each other um and it comes from a place of love and authenticity because i don't have any biological right. brothers i'm the only male that popped out my mom's cooch right Ooh, so i value <laughs> i value my brotherhood it's like for real for real because as much as i love my sister Rashawn and jessica are my heart i did not have brothers um, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and shout I just to Robin Rogers. We love shout, you. Shout out to uh, Mother Rogers. We love you. Um, <laughs> Angela Rogers is what I call her. <laughs> I, I want to come to Memphis uh, so you can make me some fish and some spaghetti and um, some baked beans. You got to tell them what kind of fish, though. What that, that buffalo? That catfish and buffalo. Mark, that you got to come over get get some of my mama's catfish and spaghetti. All them bones in that buffalo. I don't want no. <laughs> All them bones. You gotta get you want the, the fish big, You gotta get the big bone buffalo. It's just like a rib. There's two bones along the back. Oh, you ain't fishing bones. right. You, you getting that mediocre buffalo. You gotta get that big bone wop buffalo rabbit from the, yeah, wop, from, the wop, from the depth of the from the depth of the pond. You gotta get that. You gotta get the you gotta get the wop of the buffalo. Okay. But 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 you know what? That's a great way to transition. Um, into our next, the next kind of thing about brotherhood. One thing I've noticed about us that we are very candid and we have explicit candor mm-hmm. <laughs> among us. And I think, I think, let me just put that there, all men are able to talk about things on sometimes, but still keep it very surface. All I know right. with us in terms of being vulnerable, there are things that we've expressed about our relationships, pre-marriage and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. Things that we've done and would like to do and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, how do you, how do, how do we get to the place, right? Of this is what I really want to talk about, unlearning where mm. it felt weird or gay. That's like good. Talk oh, about, about certain things. Yes. You know, I told you a long time ago, Josh, that there's always that moment in a podcast you ask a question and you'd be like, man, that's a good question. <laughs> this is that moment again. Um, I think because you just identify once you under like once you have that conversation and someone yeah. is like going along with you, it's like you deal with the same thing too. Mm. Cool. Now we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just 
they're just scared to make that first move. It's just like guys trying to talk to this girl who they see as cute and want to be cordial with. I don't know if this is a good analogy or not. Sorry, right, go there. It's all right. I mean, you you have to um, not finish. <laughs> go ahead. I was bro. about to say, but because you see, I forgot all where I was going with it. You see where the potential can go till you have that. See where the potential can go. So you, you have said. this conversation. So it's worth, but it. you don't. But you don't make that move until you see something on their end that's like, you know what? I like you too. So now you're like, okay, now we can have a conversation. Now we can build on something. So it's basically the same thing. If I was like, hey, you know, I was thinking this, that, and the other. And it's like, you know what? I I tell you what, we can make it even a topic. Manscaping. I'll okay. take it there. All right. So listen, for deep our, baby. <laughs> For a while Clean, in Clean. my early life, in my early 20s, I was like, doing no man's I look like you're going to get all this hair. <laughs> but then once I talked to some brothers about it, <laughs> I was like, being you know Bushwick what? Bill wasn't the move. You had found that out. <laughs> because when a girl goes down on you, you don't want her picking that hair out your right. picking that she hair out her mouth. She coughing. Right. So after having that conversation with my brothers and and it was like, you know what? I need to start manscaping. So Mm -hmm. it's now become a thing. Mm -hmm. So now that we talk about manscaping, it's like, okay, I I didn't know that was a thing for you. So now that we've broken this barrier of not having the conversation about manscaping, yet it also could be a potential elephant in the room. Mm Mm-hmm. So right. that's that's where I met with it. Just having that that common ground and just go ahead, move forward, and break that barrier. It's risky. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's gonna, it's, you're gonna determine if this is gonna be your brother or not, because this could be a whole trust factor right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I mean, there's definitely risk mitigation that has to go in inside of it too, right? Because I also right. think with that topic. I think there's this underlying understanding that there are ways in which we can also have this conversation, right? So I don't need to know all of the nitty gritty details of, mm-hmm. of, of it all, or, you know, right. what, what, what the final picture is. I, I don't care what it, I don't, I don't need to know what the design I don't, is. I don't care what it looks like when you're finished. All I need to know is that you have great hygiene, man. Right. That's, you know what I'm saying? That, that's the thrust of the conversation. Or even in terms of, hey, I manscape. Are there products that you use, right? Like mm-hmm. I use, I sent y'all right. the, the Manscaped razor that I buy versus, mm-hmm. you know, going to get waxed or going to do whatever you, I mean, that's your business. But, you know, I think there's these, nothing wrong with getting I don't, I don't think that those are taboo. Hallelujah. I don't think that those are taboo topics and they shouldn't be right. And, but, but to your point, there are times in which among men, these are things that we just probably would not talk about or are insecure about or things that mm-hmm. our women our wives have called mm-hmm. us out on mm-hmm. and now we're like oh i didn't know this was a thing and now that i have this kind of camaraderie mm-hmm. i am more willing to think about or talk about how this is something that i deal with that i go through that i you know accept whatever 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 mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, yeah I, think, I think i was just gonna say i think time comes comes along you know with that as well like you know you got to you gotta put the time in before you can feel comfortable having these type of conversations too. That too, yeah. Mm-hmm. You just can't be mm-hmm. saying that on day three, right? Nah, right, <laughs> right. Because I'm gonna leave the group chat. Be like, all right, that was fun. Oh, all right, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. Okay, but even I think Josh, you said that's something at the end of what you were, your question you were asking, as far as um, things being gay, right? Mm-hmm. And as men, and you know, most of us grew up in church setting which is a lot of toxic masculinity and being yeah. in black culture 
Um, a lot of things you do certain things. Oh, that's gay. Or, or you know, this that that's gay. And you said something about unlearning. How do we unlearn a lot of those things that are considered to be quote unquote gay, <laughs> which have nothing to do with homosexuality or masculinity? Right. Um, how do you unlearn those things? And what are some things you think um, that men or brothers should do um, that may be considered uh, gay that can be beneficial to a relationship with another brother? Uh, so one, one thing I would say that me and Chris went and done together, uh, work the, the day before my wedding, All like right. we went to the uh, nail salon, like, you know, got manicures, pedicures. I remember like back in the day, like How to do it. they used to say like, you know, you ain't, you ain't no real man if you ain't got no dirt under your nails or your, your hands, bro. That devil's a lie. No, that means you don't that wash your hands well. Yeah. Yeah. That devil is a that liar. Devil's a lie. <laughs> And so I want my fingers glistening. So, so you know, <laughs> extra shiny God- buff is what I tell Ming Lang. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, you the know, devil is a god dang liar. You know, I, I, I I enjoy you know getting getting my my manicures and and pedicures. Like I enjoy you guys know one of my favorite emojis to use in a group chat is a nail paint emoji. You know, <laughs> paint nails, whenever whenever somebody's being sassy, I'm throwing that emoji out there. You know, three snaps in a circle. Um, <laughs> That's how the men don't feel. Hated it. So yeah. So, but I mean, but to that point, me, me, Brian, and Chris, the day before Chris, the day of Chris's wedding, mm-hmm. we sat in the pedicure chair, and mm-hmm. the and Chris even got the little footy things. He he wanted the full experience. Right. <laughs> you don't have to put that out there. That I was G thirteen classified. I, I had to put it out there. But no, seriously. But I, I'm I mean, but the just, gag is, but the gag is even with you saying that. I don't feel any right, less. but that's the thing, no though. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I, I didn't feel. I don't think any of us felt insecure. We knew that we mm. were prepping for the wedding. Mm-hmm. We right. knew that we were just doing grooming. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think anybody. Cause we also were the first people in there that morning, anyway. But I don't think anybody had any preconceived notions about us mm. or our sexuality. We just went to Marcus's point. We just wanted to be well groomed mm-hmm. for that but moment. Even, but even to that point, because I'm on Twitter, I see a lot of women normalizing manicures and pedicures now mm-hmm. so they want to date men who actually mm-hmm. get their nails done there's been a thread of men show me your manicured fingers mm-hmm. and i'm like it's crazy so i believe a lot of it deals with society and how uh socialization socialization has come along to show that women have accepted some of the things that were quote-unquote gay as mm. normal now but then i also think it's more of men as well just embracing these things and being like you know what whatever i'm me i know who i am mm-hmm. so i think a lot of that social or a lot of that um comes to just being secure with yourself if you know at the end of the day like hey i may do this that or the other and it's considered feminine but i know me you're gonna say whatever you want i know who i like i know who i am and i know what i what i want to get so I believe it just comes down to just normalizing certain things that have just been shunned upon for mm-hmm. the, the, the macho man to do. Macho. Yeah, I, I was, um, and, and, the, and one of the reasons in which the women may be normalized because they, they probably stick at these men putting their dirty fingernails and they whop and they get yeast infections. Let's you go. gotta, you have to, I'm just going to say it. Crossing up like you, you have to, you have to start <laughs> understanding the toxic behavior in which mm-hmm. you normalize, right? I'll never forget it. I was in a philosophy course and this kind of came up in undergrad. And the girl, it was one girl, she crossed registered for Spelman in our class. And she said, I mean, if, if I give my man a pedicure, that's straight, but he go by himself, that's gay. I turned around what? and said, so you prefer to 
pet. I said, what is the difference in you pedicuring and speeding him going to do it? Well, because he just go. I said, but he's either way, you have made a decision that that nigga feet is terrible. Mm-hmm. And now so, he's probably hip enough to say, instead of waiting on you, I'm just going to go do this. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think to your point, though, Chris, a lot a lot of women have now, especially those women who think that way, mm-hmm. are beginning right. to understand that there's nothing in regards to your sexual orientation. There is nothing like that can make that can be a deciding factor in how well groomed or how well kept that you are. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't think the fact that I get haircuts all the time. Like y'all know me. I put in the group chat. I just started using the anti-aging cream. You know, that retinol is now part of my, you know, my thing. I, <laughs> I don't want, I want to look like Lorenz Tate when I'm 52. I, I want to look like that too. I want to look like I did, you know, 20 years ago. So I think right. we have to start normalizing these things. I just want to take care of myself. Marcus, I mm-hmm. think you're about to chime yeah, in. Yeah, no, something. I was going to say, so uh, one of my favorite podcasts that other than the Jigsaw podcast that I like to listen to uh, it is, is, is the uh, the Joe Button podcast, and on one particular episode, he spent like the first twenty minutes talking about how he enjoyed getting his groceries taken care of uh, while on a well bless him while on a vac- okay while on the vacation with the, uh, with a certain in the <laughs> with a uh, certain female spread them and uh, so yeah so I remember a time where you know that wasn't normal for men to come out outright and to say <laughs> say that. Uh, Shots out the tank. Yeah, yeah, tank. <laughs> you know, <laughs> lift them up tank. high and lift it up. Yeah, you know. Uh, so that's that's very that's that's definitely been uh, normalized in our society uh, over the past year and some change. And to even take that point, um, <laughs> a little bit. Well, I, I won't go further. I don't think I don't know how far we can go. Uh, based off uh, to that. your level, to, to your uh, level, to, to say, your comfort and level of exposure. But I'm going to scale it back a little bit. Let me let me say that. Um, even as far as fashion goes, yeah. Um, I was the one that was always wearing baggy clothes. Oh, but terrible. as time has gone Jim on, Jabro jeans, some three T t shirts, some suits, but as tie knots, <laughs> Jamal Bryant tie knots. <laughs> oh my oh god! My god. <laughs> but as time has gone on, oversized polos. And them all those lace-up tennis shoes. <laughs> them, them big, bright, multi- there's big, <laughs> nothing wrong with all those lace-up tennis shoes. I the ones you them. had, there were plenty of things wrong oh, with yeah, them. But we will continue. Them, continue. Cr- cr- Chris, yeah, th- cr- those were Chris bad. is trying to get on the Kojic fashion space before there was a Kojic fashion space. <laughs> no, I wasn't that bad. I wasn't. <laughs> go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go, no. Go ahead, go no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I wasn't going no. to wear the jeggings with my man print showing. I wasn't going to wear those. Not the sheer top. That wasn't my speed. Yeah, I wasn't going to do all no. that. I wasn't going to wear no sleeves. No. <laughs> but um, but I believe that people or men being able to wear clothes more fitted to their body mm-hmm. yeah. and their style um, has definitely out a lot, too. Because nobody wants to be out with somebody who's wearing clothes as a size or two bigger than what they are. What I will say, though, honestly, because it, it brings up it brings up a greater um, conversation, no pun intended, to the final segment of the show. Um, mm-hmm. But it brings up the greater conversation of either within our group being accepting of each other and our individual styles and things mm-hmm. of that magnitude, too. Right. Because I think out of the four of us, I'm probably the most vain. And how I God, look God and how you. I present, <laughs> how I present. And not to say that I'm better. It's just that. You know what I'm saying? I just, that's just me. Like, I've literally been the person, you know, I'll expose this. I've thrown a temper tantrum in my closet because I couldn't figure out what I was about to put on. So I just sat there. Well, you're convinced. And, and, oh, I am not conceited. 
<laughs> I am convinced. But no, but but, but, but it's a thing because for me, I like to look good because I like to look good, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. it it interrupts right. um, you know, how my, my preparation, things like that. But you know, to that point, like my dressing or how I present is far different than Brian's, which is different mm-hmm. than Chris, which is different mm-hmm. than Marcus, right? And I think all four of us can get together and I think. Even though it's a little diff- interesting to look at the picture from Marcus' wedding because he was in his tux and suit mm-hmm. and stuff. But if you look at us, right, I think there was still this kind of picture mm-hmm. and f- from my very flashy loafer, <laughs> right, to Brian being more you know, kind of clean cut to mm-hmm. Marcus. And, well, even because Marcus picked out his stuff. He didn't wear traditional tux. He picked out his suit, right? So for him mm-hmm. kind of expressing his taste in that way, but all of us are still aligned and cool and are able to accept each other in these different ways. Even Brian, me and you, right, in the most mm-hmm. recent photo shoot that we did, right. like your clothes were fitted, but mine were fitted. You <laughs> know, <laughs> a T. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, but it's just how comfortable I am right. with how I, how I present. And mm-hmm. then Brian not being intimidated or Mm-mm. like feeling some type of way or whatever the emotion was, because that's what I decided to wear and to do. And I think being able to respect a brother uh, for who he is authentically mm-hmm. goes a long way in the development of their relationship as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Cause y'all, I mean, Y'all know I'm bougie all day long. I am bougie. Listen, suburbs. Nike sweatsuits all day. Nike, all day. Head to toe. Pay money, Nike, money. Nike sweatsuits, money, Ferragamo belts. I'm, I am bougie. Listen. <laughs> Name them Any brands. fancy? Name them brands. But, but it's serious, though, because I won't wear Ray-Ban glasses. Like, I know nothing against them. But, <laughs> well, Brian, you can keep yours on. But I want to. <laughs> but, like, for me, I want a Dolce & Gabbana frame. I want. Gucci. I got I got two frames, and one of them Dolce Gabbana, and one of them's Tom Ford. And the reason why is because my very first my very first pair of frames was Dolce Gabbana. I had them almost ten years. They had been left in the dryer, turned on. They had been dropped, and those jokers are still in really great condition. So for me, my mom always taught me quality over quantity. So we talk about bougie. We also have to think about the ways in which we were conditioned, our perspectives behind what we do, and mm-hmm. not even like I don't even question that I see Marcus in a full Nike jumpsuit and I got on Russell shorts because I'm just gonna work out in these Russell shorts from Walmart. This is what I'm gonna do. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But it's not my beef. You know what I'm saying? I just respect what he does, and I think that's the ultimate thing within the brotherhood is respecting it regardless Mm -hmm. of your perspective. And I'm going to throw my other two brothers up under the bus between Marcus and Brian. Mm. If you want to know anything about a shoe collection, they're going to downplay it. They're going to downplay it. They're going to say, Oh no, we ain't got it. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we're not sneaker heads. These Mm -hmm. niggas (laughs) have no problem dropping coin when some fresh J's come out. Listen. I'm going to just leave it at that. I just wanted to say that and put it out there because I just know that y'all weren't, you know, y'all modest, y'all humble. humble. I just want to you know. put y'all out there. Yeah, beautiful. All the feet of them that, you know, share the word of the Lord. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Everywhere the tread of the foot. What's, what's that? Ooh, you see, you ain't been in church in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere I've the been online. Of foot. <laughs> but you, online but, 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 but you know, a wise man once said, when you look good, you play good. And when you play good, they pay good. And so that's just what yeah. that's just what it is. You know, we want to look good doing what we do. Like, you know, it's about that it, it gives you that sense of confidence. Like, you know, you get that, that fresh cut and you got on that fresh fit. Yep. And it's like, you know, you got that confidence, like, you know what, I could take over the world right now. Like 
ooh, my wife better not act up it's because sad. if I go out in these streets, like it's just that that, oh. that confidence, that confidence. You know? And that's the thing, like because you're getting dressed, it's not even for them, right? It's, it's, it's not it's even for your you. wife. It's not even for your significant other. It's for because I like to look a certain way. She'll ask me, why are you getting all dressed up to go to Publix? Or, well, we ain't got no Publix here. Why are you getting all dressed up to go to Target? Or why are you going you going to Kroger? Why you got to get dressed? Because I'm going out in public. People <laughs> are going to see me. <laughs> Hello, I'm Chris Moore. I'm like Skin Huncho. I got to present my body as a, as a living sacrifice. Holy holy acceptable. I was made in God's image. I would be doing him a disservice by going out looking like I'm... Hello? Hello, but see, but see, here's the thing, Chris. Master made me, but, but, but also, Chris, <laughs> with his own hands. You, Master probably did make you because you're light skinned, but let's. But, but, but Chris, Chris, <laughs> Chris we, we, <laughs> they gonna catch that on next week's podcast. <laughs> but 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 we, but we also go out and, and we want to look good when we walk out the house because at the end of the day we represent our wives. And and I, Chris, I know you don't want nobody to say, oh, "Dang, Kiana made Kiana made that." Like you know, hello. You know, you, you don't want nobody to say about about you know about your wife and, and, and her choice of mate. I mean, you know, she's at blessed. the end of the day, I'm the prize. If we gonna be honest, <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, though, <laughs> come on up in here. <laughs> Lord bless her. God bless you, woman. I might have uh, I might have found a good thing, but I did the upgrade. No, I'm just, uh, I found a God good thing, you, Lord, but I'm the you. great thing, huh? <laughs> Talk to me here. But no, I think hey man I, likes. <laughs> but no, hey I think all I think all of that is true. And I think what we've ultimately discussed is being able to recognize our differences. Mm-hmm. Right. Recognize the ways in which we can support each other. And I think what's so important is that we break this narrative and this stigma that black men uh, specifically can't be supportive, can't have authentic relationship, right? Because whether mm-hmm. you call it a brotherhood or friendship, it is relationship. And I yep. think Marcus kind of hit on that in terms of when we talk about the tenure of the type of thing that you talk about, right? It is, although we are not at all romantically involved, but it is that process of building that trust and right. building that um, that level of, you know what I'm saying, dependency sometimes on each other. Because there are times in which I'm weak, like Everybody knows that I got laid off, right? So, and I remember receiving, in, not just from the group, but individual texts from each one of these brothers saying, what can I do? Or mm-hmm. how are you doing? Or all these different types of things. And for me, you know, because oftentimes I'm seen as the strong friend, right? Mm-hmm. But there are ways in which I am weak. I am like, I just don't have it together. And so to be able to build a relationship that you can see that side of me, not the Facebook Josh who's giving the inspiration and, you know, on the on the panel, but the one who gets off the panel and is upset. The one who gets off the panel and is questioning God uh, because why haven't, why hasn't this come through ABC 123? All the, you know, the broken promises that we talked about before we press record, right? All those My different God. types, all those different My types God. of things. The prophecies to, that didn't happen. Seriously though, I do think like it is those moments that um that they help us really realize how our friendships and our brotherhood is truly beneficial so since we talked about that with black men let's just round out this conversation and kind of bring it full circle um brian let's talk about the ways in which we as black men black men how can we further set an example or what would you say to some young brother coming up like these are the ways in which you can navigate brotherhood and be examples of solid cohorts of men on within your communities. Um, yeah, kind of the things we talked about tonight uh, or today. 
accessibility, authenticity, um, being accepting of brothers, regardless of what they have, don't have. Um, but then on top of that, holding brothers accountable. Yeah. Um, if they are bad fathers, tell them they're bad fathers. Um, if they are bad husbands, tell them they're bad husbands. Uh, but then hold them up uh, because you want them to do good. So even in the areas of weakness or the areas of, of, of where they need to do better, tell them we need to do better, but not only tell them, but say, hey, brother, we're going to do this thing together. Um, you're not by yourself. You're not in this world alone. Uh, as brothers, let's stand strong. Let's sharpen, as a chemical Bible, uh, let's sharpen one another. As iron sharpens iron, uh, a brother will uh, sh- uh, sharpen the confidence of his friend. So uh, as a brother, walk with your brother, uh, help sh- sharpen them, be accessible, be accountable, uh, and help them get to the next level because it's, you know, as black men, we all we got, right? Black women have held us up. Hey, they pushed us. But as black men, we got to stand with one another, support one another, and uh, push each other forward to be the best men that we can be. I can't leave this podcast without dropping some type of show reference. And it just came to me. Granted, it was three of them, and it's four of us. But Martin, Tommy, Cole. You could have ended the podcast without that. Go ahead. They had a great brotherhood. (laughs) Granted, Martin was obnoxious, egregious overly aggressive ignorant. at the end of the day they still yeah he was ignorant was josh martin no he's misogynistic homophobic <laughs> sexist xenophobic can we okay, go I, on can i go on <laughs> you can't sorry call kyle barker <laughs> we're talking we're talking about the brother what about the brother what about the brother? And, and, and mark we're talking about the brothers. and martin had a thing for his girl's best friend but that's a, that's for another show Martin is a terrible person, but that's neither here nor there. I'm sorry. We're talking about the brotherhood between Martin, Tommy. Well, I'm talking about it. I'm talking about skill. Here's the thing, skill. <laughs> uh, but realistically, like, that joke wasn't hit either, huh? Swing and miss. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm on the down streak. All right, let me get back to the point. You so, know Gerard Carmichael. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Shouts out to Lil Rail. Jesus Christ. Uh, but their brotherhood remained intact throughout whatever situation they came across, whatever differences they had, like the love was there. No matter how dumb Tommy was, no matter how evasive Tommy was about his job, no matter how ignorant Martin was about his uh, wife or just in general, they still supported each other and still like even called each other out on their stuff at times. So that's what my biggest thing would be uh, to tell a young man, like, hey, you're a young man, embrace who you are, but also try to find, what do you got to say to Josh Rogers? I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. He, <laughs> I'm Josh listening Rogers at goes, the ways in which you are keeping for <laughs> Martin Lawrence and his ability to be a good friend. But you go ahead. You, you do that. <laughs> but I would tell a young man to accept who you are and it's going to take time. It's going to take trial and error to find some good brothers that mm. you can actually relate to and actually hold um, as dear friends, dear brothers for your entire life. I would, That's cute. Marcus? <laughs> I would say to, uh, <laughs> to a young man, to uh, you, use your own level of discernment and go through your yeah. own vetting process about uh, who you should consider a brother and who you should be able to... Uh, have that trust tree with 
um, I don't know if this is the best analogy, but I'm gonna roll with it. It's like, you know, every girl looks good underneath. Can't be no worse than mine. <laughs> every girl looks good underneath the club lights, but when the lights come on, you really get to see who, who she is and what, what you're really working with. And I think that every every person's gonna present them the best version of themselves out in public, but you get to see that real person when you get behind closed doors. And so that's how you know who you should or who you should not associate yourself with once you kind of see that person behind closed doors. So just take the time to go through the vetting process. You know, everything that looks good is not gold. And uh, just live your life and just be unapologetically yourself. That's good. Can I ask you a quick question? Okay. Would that apply to Tinder as well? Just speaking for a oh, long, 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 long time ago. Do people present themselves a different way on Tinder than they do in real life? I mean, Chris, I mean, you can go look at, can, you can go on social media, you can see people's Instagrams, you know, Instagrams look different from how they look in real life. <laughs> Hello. I mean, I got some people I can name that we all know, but I'm not going to do that okay. here. I'm not going to do that here. I'm not going to do that here. <laughs> well, God bless you. <laughs> so uh, kind of to break, Chris, you kind of brought up a point. You said as far as um, an example of brotherhood from TV, and we love watching black TV. Um, I'm do. black. I love my black TV. Blackity black. Blackity black as black as black can be. Um, so um, you mentioned Martin and, and Tommy and Cole, but there's some other, um, uh, I guess, different brothers. And I, I kind of want to call them like odd couples or some brotherhoods. Uh, so uh, I guess like Overton and Kyle was a good brotherhood. Um, even though they're cousins, Will and Carlton was a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. Ron and Dwayne. So um, within those brotherhoods, what would you, I guess, uh, I guess, point out to say, uh, this is a good brotherhood. I can resemble this. I can, I can, I like this. I would probably say, you know, I'm a Fresh Prince fan. I think the Will and the Carlton brotherhood was kind of dope because they were completely different. Um, and they argued all the time, but at the core of it, they really loved each other and they really wanted the best for one what another. What about Eddie and Waldo? Uh, Waldo. What about Malcolm and Eddie? I watched it the show today. That was actually a pretty, pretty underrated show. What about home, uh, homeboys? <laughs> Is it time for this podcast to end? Because y'all just. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've reached the point. I think Because so. they are talking about trash. <laughs> and I love my black people, but that, not everything is good. <laughs> not everything is good. What about Ghost and Tommy, that brotherhood. Well, that is a brotherhood. They weren't that brothers. is a brotherhood. That, we could talk about that. That was a. An interesting brother. That's a brotherhood. Oh, that's a good one. But I think more than anything, that brotherhood points out the ways in which you can outgrow or grow mm-hmm. apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And although we saw it get nasty, we also saw in the end that no matter what happened, they were still there for each other. And I think mm-hmm. that's because this concept right. that just because we're not friends anymore does not always mean that we're enemies. Yeah. Right, we could be right. as T as T I. You were. This is probably the one, the first or last time you ever heard me quote Ti. But as Ti has said, that we can be at odds with each other, <laughs> but but it were does we at not. Odds? Well, were we at odds, but it does not mean that you know what I'm saying I don't have your back. Like in the moment where I pissed Marcus all the way off, I still don't think that if something terrible happened, that he would not have shown. Oh, I definitely would have been there. Right. I think he would have been there with attitude, but I don't, but yeah, I still man, think man. he would have showed up, right? And and not to say that what Tommy, like Tommy and Ghost almost killed each other. Listen. But at the, at the same time, in the end, it showed that their love for each other, their brotherhood prevailed. Because there were absolutely moments where they could have, like, had clear shots to do it and mm-hmm. didn't. 
Right. Right. So I think over above all real brotherhood, like um, like real brotherhood stands all of the testing times. So when we think mm-hmm. about even Kyle and Overton, while Kyle was pretentious mm-hmm. and sometimes talked down on Overton, there were ways mm-hmm. in which Overton exemplified, like even through relationship the things that Kyle ultimately wanted in Maxine, right? He mm-hmm. showed him ways how to be a better husband, how to be a better significant other, um, brought, humbled him down from his high right. sometimes because mm-hmm. truth be told, Kyle was this big money maker. You still lived in, the, you still had a roommate. You like, so like there were, like there were ways in which, you know what I'm saying? I think their relationship balanced each other out. And then even in a different world, you brought up um, Dwayne and Ron, like toward mm-hmm. the end, Ron was the one making the money, club owner mm-hmm. doing all the things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the final episode that Wayne got a big break. You know what I'm saying? And even they argue that like on the finale, but mm-hmm. reconciled, right? So I think real brotherhood stands the test of times mm-hmm. and it does not matter the differences. It does not matter um, some of the, like to, to what Mark said earlier, like we gonna have our lows, but mm-hmm. how we move past those lows and grow from them, I think is what really makes the difference and is what's really important. Yeah, because real recognize real at the end of the day. I mean, I think that's like, you know, mm-hmm. using that Ghost and Tommy example, you know, th- you know, they, they both was real. I mean, it was, they loved each other so deeply and so much to the fact that, that Tommy was ready to shoot and kill Tariq, which is Ghost's son, which is his godson, for the mere fact mm-hmm. that he loved Ghost that much. And if it weren't for Ghost telling him, no, don't do it, Ghost would probably be alive right now, maybe, and Tariq would be dead. So, so yeah, so it, it, at the end of the day, it, it, it falls into a, a, a four-letter word that I think men don't tell each other enough. And I'm grateful that we do tell each other within our group chat is that, hey, dog, I love you. Mm-hmm. We got to normalize it. I think I saw the meme that said, make it weird. Say it so much. Like, just, mm-hmm. just say it. Yeah, and I'm a proponent for like male affection. Like I tell y'all that all the time. I first I, I verbalize like how much I love you all, and it'll be a random. I you know, I know I'm emotional. I'll be like, you know, I love y'all. I care about y'all brothers, uh, and I, I you know I care about y'all and stuff like that. But even when I see y'all, I want to hug my brothers. You know what I'm saying? I want to love on my brothers, and that needs to be normal. Open arms, yeah, white open white arms, boy style, like, white boy style, chest, chest. right? Not that you know, uh, grab the hand and then I I'm a hug you. I'm a love on you. Um, because I just love my brothers that much. And again, we need to normalize stuff like that. I'm a proponent for normalizing male affection. Uh, it's not gay. It's just you, if you love someone, um, you should be able to show your affection to, to, to your brother. There was a meme not too long ago with, um, well, there's a picture out with Chadwick Bozeman standing up and Michael B. Jordan came behind him and gave him a hug. I and somebody, cried. I can't remember who it was, it said, we need to normalize this behavior because while this picture was out there, nobody said, anything about them questioning Mm -hmm. their sexuality it was just Mm -hmm. like these two dudes just love each other and that needs to be normalized it's okay that's something that i struggled with but i have come around slowly but surely to uh embracing like you know what it's okay chris let that guard down let that wall down and be able to confidently i love you i appreciate you Mm -hmm. uh be able to show that affection like mug that was a thing for me i was like dude just bring me in with the handshake and bring me (laughs) in for the real thing but but as time has gone on and especially during a pandemic and Mm -hmm. especially during like so much loss it's Mm -hmm. like i don't know the next time i'll actually have this moment right so that's what's that's what has helped me um get more comfortable and get out of this whole uh 
all issue that I've had with it. But can we normalize something else, though, and stop calling everything that we disagree with gay as if it's some kind of disgusting scarlet letter? Right. Like, people of, people of homosexual orientation are just it's, who they are. They are people. They're not right. nasty. And we use gay as a slur. And right. I think as, right. as specifically as hetero cis men, that mm -hmm. we have to get out of the habit of saying, oh, you gay, or oh, that's gay, as oh, if it's gay. an insult or a slur. Like, no, that is someone's lifestyle, and we have <laughs> right. to respect that right now. Now, if we're going to talk about things in which that cross lines and boundaries, I think we mm -hmm. have clear conversations about that. Exactly. But at, at, right. at no point of me hugging my brother should be called gay and then it's used as an insult, right? Exactly. If anything, just say you don't get it and let's just say your daddy didn't love you right. But don't come right. at me and talk about the relationship that I have <laughs> with my brothers. I just had to stand on that real quick stand, talk about on, stand on that hill not the hill that terry <laughs> is on you you wanted me to say that brian and i keep telling you that i have to tell the people that Cruz that is not the hill that i'm on that is not the hill that i'm on it is not terry cruz hill forget terry well, cruz him and isaiah washington didn't go to hell they can live in purgatory for all i care but you, you you're taking me off <laughs> you take, you're taking me to another level but no brothers i think this was an amazing amazing conversation um, definitely, definitely. that's I, I know we could talk about this all day because our group chats are on fire all day we talk about a myriad of things but for real though chris marcus tell the people again how they can follow you and maybe some projects that you got going on i know both of y'all got stuff going on chris i'm not sure yes. if you share but i know y'all got stuff going on so even you just tell people on the lookout how can they follow you how can they keep up uh, okay i'll jump in there uh so yeah you can follow me facebook marcus thomas uh instagram marcus uh underscore thomas 86 uh got a few uh, different things coming up i'll be speaking on a national panel later this month with the Community Investment Network, talking about uh, Common Ground, uh, faith-based giving circles, uh, something I'm very excited about to be talking about. Uh, next next week, I'll be uh, talking with uh, Action Greensboro, which is a, uh, a young professionals group here uh, in Greensboro, talking about uh, volunteerism. Um, so I'm excited about that. And uh, just continues to work and build in my brand, the Thomas Consulting Group, uh, working with nonprofits and for-profit organizations. And, uh, just out here grinding, man. Just trying to make it happen. And I am Christopher D. Moore on Facebook. You can look me up there. Um, I'm almost hitting that 5,000 friend capacity. So um, get in while you can. Um, <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at Real Chris Moore. Um, I'm on Twitter, Chris D underscore Moore. Um, I'm currently in the research and development stage of building a lifestyle brand because I have gotten into golf lately and um, I just want us to be out there a little bit more. So um, lifestyle that will be coming lifestyle, lifestyle, brand. Brand. lifestyle yep. specialist. So it will be, Hey, call it what you want, but call it. Um, so that will be coming in the next, I will say, just in the time for the holidays, I hope to have some things out there um, so you can purchase it for yourself or your loved ones. Um, so please keep me lifted up in prayer. That is my prayer. Um, that is my request to God be the glory for the things that he has done. <laughs> well, we definitely will be supporting Chris and Marcus and all their endeavors. Uh, thank you all for coming. Uh, for being here, I love both of you all dearly. Josh and I both love you all dearly. Um, but I'm going to ask you to do me a favor and stick around just for a little bit uh, so we can talk about black man self-care. Is that all right? I didn't dirty up this couch too much today, did I? Chris? No, nah, but we got, the, we got the cleaners coming in anyway, dude. 
<laughs> I got the sanitation workers coming yeah, in. Yeah, we 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 got the COVID come on SNS. Coming. <laughs> come on SNS. But that's cool, yeah. Let's get into some black man self care with uh, I am my brother's keeper. Let's do it. Usa. Usa. All right. Thank y'all for staying with us here. Real quick, we know that it's important as black men that we take care of ourselves. So therefore, since we have Josh, we have Chris, we have Marcus, myself here, I want to find out what we're doing sometime soon to deal with our black man self-care. So Marcus, what are you doing uh, to take care of yourself this weekend? Oh man, this weekend, I'm just going to take time, spend some uh, quality time with the family. Um, get in with my therapist as well. I'm a very, you know, big proponent of, of talking to someone. So I'm going to go get in a session with my therapist and uh, get some rest, man. I think that's going to, uh, you don't do enough for that. It's just resting and uh, allowing our body to rejuvenate, recalibrate, and uh, just prepare for, you know, what's what's to come. And I'll we'll be taking some vacation time here soon as well. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Man, that's great. Uh, that's that's going to be good. Um, this weekend... Um, I am actually going to make a huge move, um, a couple of things. One, I'm thinking about getting waxed. Um, I just want to do some self-cleaning. Um, but what I do plan on doing is actually making a doctor's appointment. Um, the passing of Chadwick Bozeman definitely was like alarming just because yeah. it ha- happened at, with him being 43. I'm 34. Like that's not a huge gap. So I definitely want to go ahead and make a plan to make a doctor's appointment, um, do a whole self-check from the crown of my head down to the sole of my feet and make sure everything is in good working condition. That's what's up. That's very important, uh, Chris. I'm glad you said that because I actually need to do the same thing, kind of tap into that. I'm going to tap into the J-Work health and lifestyle community, and I'm going to... Come on! (laughs) I talked about it this week with my wife. Um, I'm going to tap into... The resources to get my health, my well. Come to class Saturday. I'm gonna come to class. I was gonna try to uh, shout it out, but I ain't seen nothing out there. But you know, I'm gonna come to the class. I got my my bricks and whatever that y'all be doing. Uh, my bricks or whatever. The bricks, whatever. Got I got them little bricks that y'all be having. But uh, definitely, since the the summer got canceled this year, um, we working on next year. So I got a whole year, um, to get my body right. I'm all here. And really, just as a black man to be healthy, um for my kids, for my seed, uh, for my family, for my friends. Uh, I need to be here. Um, so I want to stay here and get healthy and do the right thing and eat, and eat better. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. That's what's up. For me, uh, I have a birthday that is God coming up. Happy birthday. Uh, I am going to go into my thirties. I am thirty now, so I'm about to go in. I'm about to go into um, them. Welcome. We welcome. Here. We're waiting. You know, waiting. I don't, you know, I just like Lord, mighty God. So with open arms. So I am going to just start. I think before every birthday, I always do these moments of reflection, and thirty was a big one. Um, but I really want to start to discover the the ways in which I'm going to maximize this next decade. Um, and that could be things about legacy. That could be discovering different retinol and vitamin, vitamin A serums to make sure that I am looking as youthful as I can look. <laughs> um, and I like, but no, seriously, though, all the things, though, because once I hit 40, I want to be able to say, like, I finished my 20. And I feel like I did 20. Right. So when I hit 40, I want to be able to say that I did 30. And I was doing what I was called to do. I did what I wanted 
to do. I think that's important too. Like so many times we focus on what we need to be doing that we neglect what our heart actually desires. And I want to make sure that in 31, I'm, t- I'm putting intentional time aside to do what I want to do, whether that's taking random vacations, whether that's popping up in Greensboro, popping up in Memphis, just to visit a bro, like whatever that means, yes, right? Yes. Just doing those types of things. So I think it's super important to not only plan and reflect, but make sure that in your planning, you're taking our time to be intentional about you. And I'm going to start that process this weekend. I really appreciate that. And let me know when you um, about these serums and stuff, because I've seen Karen Parsons. I've seen Jasmine Guy. I've seen Kid. I've seen Tisha Campbell. I'm light skinned. <laughs> so the evidence out there ain't too promising. <laughs> I'm trying to look like Smokey Robinson. So please let me know. Well, Smokey Robinson has um, some needles and injections. That, but <laughs> that Botox <laughs> well, y'all not going to do that to Smokey. <laughs> But definitely keep me keep us abreast of the things that are to come. <laughs> I sure will. I will let you know what my nighttime routines become. Um, <laughs> and, and thank y'all again. We definitely appreciate it. <laughs> um, I know y'all are going to do great things. Congratulations on the jigsaw becoming bigger. Um, it's only going to become better. Uh, you guys are going to grow leaps and bounds all over the country. All over, not even the country. The world. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Shout out to our listeners listeners and friends because they are they over there in the land of love listening. And we appreciate y'all. I hope, hope, hope they're not offended by by the manscape talk. Don't I don't care. care. If you are offended, we don't care. <laughs> if if being, you got a bush, just say that. Just say you are offended. <laughs> being offended is a choice. You made a choice to be offended. You could have just fast forward. Hello. <laughs> But no, brothers, we appreciate y'all. You're Definitely. always welcome. We all absolutely know this won't be the last time. But we're going to wrap up with this podcast has been long enough. Long. And um, I think we're going to just go ahead and go into a greater conversation and wrap this thing up. Let's get ready to do it. Let me talk. Let me talk. So here we are. Um, we want to shout out our brothers, Chris and Marcus, yes. for an amazing, amazing conversation. It's yes. always some, um, as, as um, the late John Lewis would say, good trouble good when they trouble. come when they come into the living room <laughs> and cut up with us. You got, you, you, what, what, what you got in your heart? You want to go first? You want me to go first? Because I, I'm going to let you go first because you got that throat thing going on. So okay. um, <laughs> it, it came back. So we don't man, know how long. Man of God, what we're not going to do is keep focusing. <laughs> On the fact that I sound like I smoke a pack of Newports today. We're not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm going to keep this sweet and short, and I'm mm-hmm. going to try not to go off too much. Okay. We talked about um, Donnie 45 earlier oh. in the uh, in the billboard. Mm. And one of the things that came out on CNN was that it has come to our attention that Donald Trump knew about the dangers of COVID-19 mm-hmm. since February. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows about the timeline, then you understand that we didn't really go on quarantine and take any real preventative measures mm-hmm. until about mid-March. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me you had all of this information of and it. he was able to even say, I know that it's bad. I'm going to continue to downplay it because I don't want the people to panic. Right. So you're able to say all of these things and understand the ways in which it could totally affect the economy and people and lives. People have died because you sat on information that mm-hmm. you didn't want to move. Like, you didn't want to move. On. If this is not enough people, 
right, to vote this fool out of office. I don't know what else is. He has proven time and time again Mm -hmm. that he is incapable of being the president of the free world. Like the United States is really, you know, a pretty trash country if we want to talk about it. But he has proven that he will make us uh, like a dumpster fire, right? right? He has put millions of people at risk by withholding this information because research could have started long ago. How we quarantined, how Mm -hmm. we like took preventative measures to get better could have started. And I think that I saw a meme on Instagram that suggested America has become the country that has learned how to live in spite of a pandemic instead of taking the time to get rid of why we're in a pandemic. Mm. And he has consistently perpetuated that. Like we're trying to figure out ways in which we can go back to normal instead of figuring out how we can move past it. Right. And go back to what life was before we had to be on quarantine because like diseases and stuff has 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 hit us before like the, mm-hmm. the spanish flu you know in the early 1900s right like yes it happened it took out some people it was bad but um, the united states recovered right mm-hmm. um we deal with the the flu every single year like the the natural flu and not to not to discredit anyone who gets sick or even dies from the flu but mm-hmm. we've learned to live and to navigate in a space where we can coexist we don't know what this is like with coronavirus right. we know that it's deadlier than the flu But instead of us doing the things that are going to keep us safe and make sure that we can advance past it, we withhold information. We withhold technology. We withhold research. Mm -hmm. And we put millions and millions of people in in danger. And hundreds of thousands of people have now died because Mm -hmm. we have an idiot who's in office who does not know how to properly properly be the administrator that he was elected to be. Like, Mm -hmm. bro, get it it together. And then furthermore, Mm -hmm. I heard, I didn't hear here, I read somewhere, considering this same joker, that he, Donald Trump said that he does not deem it necessary to further understand the pain of black people in America. Mm -hmm. And for any other white person who does try to understand their pain, they just drank the Mm Kool-Aid. And you got all these people who are black for Trump. Black. I mean, black for Trump out there campaigning for him like getting on like they were all in the republican convention mm-hmm. talking about the ways in which he's not racist and mm-hmm. i would never support a racist and right. all these types of things but this man says he doesn't even care about your pain as a black person in the yeah. united states he and he doesn't care to even begin to want to empathize or understand what it is and then to say anyone else who does has drunk the kool-aid first of all that's a racist mm-hmm. uh <laughs> like that's that's that, that's a racist suggestion at the at the end of that and at the same time like what kind of like like uh spell do you think people are on because they want to be able to understand and empathize and fight and be allies and uh accomplices to like to the to black people's movements and and our struggles right so like he's trash all around and i really want to like you're going to hear brian and i continue to advocate voting 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 voting. we probably gonna be on a soapbox but i really want y'all to understand that these are the these are main reasons why this fool has to get out of office it makes absolutely positively no sense no sense that we're allowing this, but I'm I'm done. I'm I'm done because I don't want to rant. I would lose my voice going off <laughs> on Donald Trump. But yeah. well, um, Joshua, I'm I'm kind of going to stay on that same. Well, go there. He deserves to be same. dragged, and however he needs to be. I have two things actually. Um, okay, because 
he's trash. One, let's talk about, you know, it's always a good time to talk about systemic racism mm-hmm. and white privilege. <clears throat> so this week we heard that our y'all president, number 45, mm-hmm. said that he would uh, or he decided to remove any type of diversity training or any type of. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. I and he saw called that. it divisive. He yep. said diversity training um, is divisive mm-hmm. and anti-American. And sadly, I, I I agreed with him. Right? Okay. Okay. Because, um, yes, it is anti-American. Because America is racist. <laughs> so, yes. anything going against racism is anti-American. So, and like you said, it just grows to show about white privilege to where it's so white privilege that you can say you don't want to talk about white privilege and that you can pretty much Come <laughs> say, on. we don't want to talk about diversity. We don't want to talk about racism because racism is divisive. Racism itself is divisive and you're using racism to divide our nation. And then you want to sweep the di- the division and point it at other people. I, I, it's funny because people will say stuff like, oh, racism wasn't a thing until Obama got in office. It was always a thing. It was always a thing. Y'all <laughs> uh, are showing the racism because we had a black president and right. then y'all wanted to rear y'all racist heads and then show how racist America really is. And then we have a person, a racist, a clearly a clear white supremacist come into our White House and then perpetuate and continue to further push racism and and division and people sit there and say oh uh, he's not racist the man is racist and and all you can it's interesting is uh, a person that was running for governor said like he said oh he may not be racist um but the people that support him think he's racist and that's what it is right so um that is trash he's trash but let me also go to his son, because the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Little Donny Donny. Donny Jr., this fool had the nerve to say. Okay. That this white supremacist, blue lives matter loving, MAGA loving. Can we pause for the cause and just say that there's no such thing as blue lives? There is no such thing. We blue don't. Lives. There are no. There are no Smurfs here in America. No. God made. <laughs> what do they say? Jesus loved all the children of the world. Red and yellow, red black and, and white. Black and white. <laughs> and, and blue ain't in there. Blue ain't nowhere in there. <laughs> so he, this young man who traveled from one state to the next with his mm-hmm. AR-15, his mama dropped him off. He came there and murdered two people. Oh, that terrorist. That terrorist, mm-hmm. that thug mm-hmm. who murdered two people. First, the president says, well, you know, we don't know what happened. And he was defending himself. He came from one state to the next and murdered two people. Right. What was he defending? What was he defending? <laughs> Not his property. So then this fool, Donnie Jr., going to go ahead and say, this is this is white privilege for it. He goes, uh, I, I, we don't know the facts of the story. We don't know what's going on when asked and pressed about um, what he thought about this Kenosha, the Kenosha killer. Um, uh, he said, I don't know what's going on, but you know who doesn't do stupid things at seventeen? And I said, if that isn't white privilege, if it ain't white privilege, who doesn't do stupid things at seventeen? Doing stupid things is. 
possibly doing some underage drinking. Doing stupid things is breaking curfew. Joy doing riding. stupid things is joyriding. You know what I'm saying? Skinny dipping. Doing stuff with your friends. Killing. Purposefully you killing people. Murdered. <laughs> you went across state lines and <laughs> murdered two people. You <sighs> murdered two people. And you called that just doing something stupid. <sighs> I can go on. But this is the ghetto that we live in. This is the ghetto. This that is we the live ghetto in. that we live in. I do not recommend it. And we do like in in and I'm not gonna cape for Democrats or any party, but if anything, I cannot sit by idly and watch open white supremacists, racist people run our country and run it into the ground. Um, because we've our our ancestors have worked too hard. Way too hard. Way too hard to get us to where we are now. Uh, to allow us to go back to a place um, where our ancestors were in the 60s, fighting, marching, and all that kind of stuff. And we're still doing it today. Yeah. And we got to get these people out of the White House because um, they're just making our country um, the worst country in the world. Um, and those of us who have kids, um, it, I don't know if I want to raise my child in this, this, this ghetto, in this slum. <laughs> As one person on Facebook who was in Canada said, it feels like we live above a crack house. <laughs> it feels like we live above because we do we, we do they we, do we are the crack house we are the crack we house live in the crack house we are the crack house mighty god uh-huh. oh well i think that wraps up that does that does. And another episode of the jigsaw Pod. how do you feel man it's your first fool of you just it's in the books it's in the books we here we here we are here <laughs> to stay um i'm excited it's been a great episode um, Josh and Marcus came by to hang out with us, you know, so it was good to, you know, jump right on in, but, uh, you know, I'm glad to be here and I'm looking forward to more conversations and just having fun. So we going, we, yeah, we going, we going to absolutely have a whole lot of more fun. And I think this is just the beginning of something excellent. So as always, y'all know that, Oh, remember, yes. mm-hmm. I always shout out my Saturday workout classes and Brian Hare has committed to being there (laughs) this this Saturday. So I will let y'all know next week if he does not come to class. I want to blast him. Is it on Zoom? Are we on Zoom? It it is on Zoom. And it's on Facebook? Facebook Live? No, it is on Zoom because it is a paid platform. But I will cover your session because you're my brother. And it's $5? It is. I got you. How about y'all? Okay, so... How about y'all go on there and make sure I'm there and we work out together. We work out together. I need support. So, so everybody come to IamJoshRogers.com, click on the J Work, mm-hmm. and you will be able to sign up and register for class on Saturday. Um, Brian, tell them how they can get in contact with us and all that good stuff. Please do follow me on Instagram at I am Brian Hare. Uh, I am Brian Hare on Facebook. I don't do the Twitter. We don't tweet around we don't, here. We don't tweet around here. <laughs> um, follow the Jigsaw Podcast, um, and we need to get them followers up. And Joshua, uh, first you tell them where they can find you, but also tell them what they need to do. Yeah, so they can follow me at I am Josh Rogers. You know where it is, and you can also write to us at mm-hmm. the Jigsaw Podcast at gmail dot com. But what you can do is don't let this life stress you out. Don't. I don't care how ghetto it is. Don't do it. Just do <laughs> what you can while you can. But guess what? Don't you ever get caught. What Brian? With your works undone. Undone. <laughs> don't get caught with Jesus. the. Woo. That was a word. <laughs> Let's turn this thing off. I got I feel Jesus. <laughs> that's a wrap, y'all. We that's a wrap, y'all. We are out. Love y'all. See y'all next week. All right.